I love that idea. Like, for example, I loved the idea of, like, for example, Nas's first, what, three al- first four albums having that, that similar background, but something in the, the picture of him at different points of his life, you know? Right. I used to look forward to that kind yeah. of thing because it'd be like, oh, what's it? Well, I wonder what his uh, next album uh, cover is going to look like. You know, some people put themes in their albums, you know, in their album covers, in their album. Like, um, actually, I can't use that one. But there was like, for example, some like, for example, um, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style is, is, is a cartoon. It's like it's, if you open up the linear notes, there's an actual cartoon. You are listening to Color Out the Box. Hello and welcome to Color Out the Box podcast, where we talk creativity, life, and explore the culture. And as always, this is Mo. Um, you can join the conversation, hashtag Color Out the Box on socials. Do follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and let us know that you're listening. So as you know, each week I'm joined by a guest and this week we have returnee Nathan, aka DJ Impulse, version one. (laughs) (laughs) No no sound effect this time. I might add that in post-production. Let's see. (laughs) So just a question, because this has always intrigued me. Do I get like my name on a credit? Do I get like an and or guest starring or Um, what, what what do I get now? So I was just about to say that you're no longer a guest, you're more like a co-host, but maybe you should be just a guest again. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, listen, by, okay, granted, I don't want to be like in Buffy, like uh, when, when what's her name? Tara? Tara ended up on the credits for the first time and died in the same episode. Oh, wow. We're, we're bringing up Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. What? You, um, were, wait, you, you, weren't, a, you weren't a fan of Buffy? I could have sworn I you were a fan of Buffy. I was, of course, a fan because it was exactly. a great show. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, before we get into that, um, Nathan, welcome back to the podcast. Um, for those that have been listening, um, I would say the last episode you was on, was it The Kings of R&B? I believe it was. Yeah. And we had a really good time then. We basically um, discussed stroke argued who we considered the kings of r&b you had no, some questionable I, choices I, I, I discussed you kind of argued that you know it was count- you had you made some questionable um, um choices. no i made i had a couple of Let's- opinions yes. <laughs> and okay, i still anyway, stand by that okay you know what i will put the link to that episode in the podcast description for anybody that wants to listen um, okay, so Nathan, you haven't been on the pod for a moment. So every time I have a guest, I ask them a icebreaker question. Uh-huh. So today's icebreaker question is a bit of a controversial one. Okay. There's a hundred million pounds on the table, right? Uh-huh. Okay. You can have 20 million or 10 million of that hundred million pounds. Uh-huh. For the 20 million, you have to give an X 80 million. Otherwise, you can only have 10 million. What what would you do? Any X? Let's say the most recent X. <laughs> um yeah, I give I would still go with the 20. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. It's it's a good question, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't believe in the whole 
okay, going to my private life, yeah. I don't really have like any properly bad relationships with any of my exes, should I say? Right. Okay. So, you know, I guess you know I've never, like, n- never had with an actual beef, should I say? Yeah, we've um, had bad. I've had bad breakups, but not to the point where I hold a grudge. So, um, yeah, I definitely have no problem giving eighty. Okay. For twenty. Well. Maybe I'm just a petty person. I'll take the yeah. 10 million. <laughs> but, it's in, but it's all about individuality, you know. Yeah. What happened in your, just, relation, what happened just, in your relationship? There's you just certain exes that just yeah. can't have 80 million off my back. Sorry. <laughs> and 10 million is a lot of money, which I will be happy with. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like we should put that out to the audience. Like, what would you do? Are you giving your ex 80 million or are you taking the 10 million? Mm, be interesting yeah but you know, I thought that the question of like um, let's say that ex is in a current relationship would that person with the person that they're in the relationship with would they accept it would they let them take it um, <laughs> they were married. Say, well I would say if it, if I was the partner and my husband was receiving 80 million from of his ex so what I'm, we're taking the money enjoyment <laughs> cool yeah. Oh, some people would be like, "No, I can't take it from an ex." Uh, yeah. I think I think it's okay. It's okay in this situation. Eighty million pounds will help me get over it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's start the podcast. Okay, so Nathan, you haven't been on for a moment. Mm-hmm. So before we get into our main topic, um, what have you been up to, um, specifically considering that you're a DJ and we are slowly moving into this like post-pandemic world? Like, have you been DJing again, weddings, parties? How How's it been? Uh, recently, there's been an upsurge in uh, parties and weddings recently. I think um, a lot of people have um you know they've decided that they don't know if we're going to go back to another lockdown or anything like that so right here and now they're just trying to get like a whole bunch of parties out the way there were people who had big birthdays of last year Mm. that they didn't get to celebrate certain things like first birthdays or birthdays that end with a zero and you know some of them just wanted to get it out during this year so you know a lot of people celebrated their like 31s or <laughs> as their 30s or 30 or 40s yeah um so i've had quite quite a few gigs actually surprisingly okay i actually have one tomorrow which is at a uh a one-year-old's birthday so you know that one's uh, a little bit more difficult to deal with than the uh than the usual ones because you have to look through what you're <laughs> gonna play and you know that's when you bring out the disney playlist of course you know, for, i mean for a while the smashes from Lion King and Frozen, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah? What about from Moana? I don't... I'm not as familiar, but I heard it's good. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, between my goddaughters, they've been... You know, they love Moana, so that's just one of those things. But, no, um, DJing has picked up a bit. Um, I don't know how long it will last. It's probably just a little surge at the moment, and I think right here and now, considering this is this might be the new normal... Um, there's been a bit of work, 
but you know it's really just a case of getting everything out of the way now like mm-hmm. see as we can and then if we do go ahead and have a a break in upcoming in october as some people are claiming that it might happen i think we've been told that there might be a thing during half term i don't know if you heard about that oh no i haven't yeah as um it depends on if there was an uptick and if there's an uptick they will consider doing a what they refer to as a circuit breaker i think uh during the uh half term in october so if they do oh, they might okay. do like a miniature or minor lockdown during that period See, I thought we were heading more to like normality. I don't know if you saw the news about Wizkid with his concert at the O2 Yeah, Arena. I uh, know a couple of people that went. I wouldn't have gone even if I got a ticket because I don't know if I'm no, comfortable in that bigger crowd. Hmm? The oh, concert hasn't. No, no. Because oh, I heard Burner people Boys, saying that they were um, going. Oh, it's, no, sorry, Burner... no, Burner Boy was the one that went. Yeah, yeah that's right. don't so, confuse black people. They are different. Um, really? They look exactly the same. I'm just, no, sorry, my bad. No, because I remember people going to um, what's it called to an Afrobeats concert, and I built, and I thought it was Wizkid. No, you're right, it was Burner Boy. Yeah. And, so Burner um, happened, and then Wizkid. That's supposed to happen later on this year. Wait, where's that going to be? O two. Yeah, O two, and basically he had one date that sold out in literally like less than like I think twelve minutes. And then I think he added two more dates and they have just completely gone. I'm um, really surprised by that, if I'm honest with you. Like, everybody's out there. But the one thing I kept on thinking is, with this talk of um, vaccines and stuff like that, I don't know if maybe they'll make it a requirement to entry. I don't know. I well, Scotland just passed the vaccine passport thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll end up with a whole bunch of fights outside. I guarantee it. But mm. um, actually, what do you think of the whole vaccine passport thing? We're not going to discuss that on here. So <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone should keep safe. Everyone should keep well and just do as much as you can to just think keep that, you and your loved ones safe. I think that's nice and neutral. Yes. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm not going to the WizKid concert. Um, um, I was actually f- thinking of going, but the seats that were available was in heaven and um i decided that i can't sit that high anymore (laughs) i just don't have the stomach for it i went to go and watch usher a few a good few years back and we were literally i'm not even joking we were in heaven and i we couldn't even stand up because um i was too scared to like move in case i'd fall to my death so wow it was it's too high but, you know, shout out to everyone that's going. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing concert. I went to see Wizkid at the Royal Albert Hall. And that honestly was, it was, it was a movie. It was amazing. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, um, I've never actually been to the Royal Albert Hall, so that must have been good. Oh, it was my first time being in there and I loved it. Just seeing just all of us just like, just having a great old, old time dancing okay so why don't we just get straight into our main topic um okay so nathan there's been a clip going round, and i thought it'd be good to have someone like you who's like a music professional with your dj in there's a, there was a clip that was going around the internet um about a month back 
featuring, is it Jamel Hill? Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill, who's a sports commentator, writer, and podcaster, and so much more. Uh And on that clip, she made the statement that she believed Tupac and Biggie will eventually be edged out the top five um, in their greatest of all time hip-hop conversation. Uh And she was having this um, conversation on the Shop podcast. So I will insert a clip here so we can listen. The thing about hip-hop now that's really interesting um, is that it's multi-generational now. Totally. And see, it wasn't that way before. And that's why, like, I feel like in sports, I've said this about top fives with, you know, basketball. The top five has got to change. It can't be the same one rooted forever because we're seeing different shit all the time. But in hip-hop... I feel like we're just so much more emotional about who those top five rappers are. Like, I love Tupac. I love Biggie. But they're going to have to move out the top five yeah. because it's new shit that we're seeing. People just seeing. got better. People have got better. Got it's more like accolades. what it is. I think that's a great point. Like, one of the things that frustrates me is like... And we're back from that clip. And in my opinion, that's a kind of controversial statement. And mm-hmm. to the old school heads, myself included somewhat in some cases blasphemous in certain people's minds but um it's an interesting discussion from my point because i i think that question you know do tupac do, do the likes of tupac and biggie do do they register with the current generation so if a current generation starts certain says um you know talks about their goats so like their top five dead or alive and they don't mention biggie and they don't mention park and they don't mention big pun or big l does that mean that, you know, the moment you come out and you say something like that, because I've seen it on more than enough occasions, I am, I've seen reaction videos on uh, on YouTube by young 18, 19, 20-year-old kids mm-hmm. who, you know, they started listening to hip-hop in, you know, by 2010 and stuff like that. And you're there playing classics for them. And, you know, it's like, oh, this is the first time I've heard a Nas song. Uh, this is the first time I've heard a Biggie song. This is the first time I've heard a Tupac song. And instantly you see in the comments, like, I can't believe you've never heard a Biggie song. You ain't no fan of hip hop, <laughs> you yeah. know? And, um, you know, I feel sorry for them in a sense, because I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, right, it's not their fault that they were born during this period. Granted, yes, we have a lot more access to that old stuff now because of technology, right? But should we really criticize them for not having listened to our our picks for the greats, shall we say, from back then. So you know? can I ask, like, do you, do you agree with her in terms of it's time? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not even going to cut that out. I'm yeah, just... <laughs> bloopers, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, do you agree with her that, with um, Jamil Hill, that it's time to make way I, for a new gen for the newer generation like stars or do you think that okay those guys hold their position i agree and i both agree and disagree but the thing is you have to both put into um into perspective i mean like for example if you weren't born during the period that park and um biggie had their dominance how can you how can you criticize people for not putting them in their top five? The only you thing know? I would say is that um, people like MJ, right? It's mm-hmm. 
it's kind of is is it not like a given that that's you know the king of pop so you know so whether you was born you know 20 years ago or like 30 years ago 40 years ago that seems to be um a general agreement whether you have issues with him as a person but I think a lot of people would agree that um that person was a star and the same with people like Prince as well yeah. or Whitney Houston is a great vocalist mm-hmm. so in hip-hop it's like do we do we put like say like a Biggie and a Tupac as those almost kind of like given yeah or is it is it fair to say you know what someone's taken over I remember listening to a conversation where someone made an analogy to um well even on the clip where they talked about yeah uh, Michael Jordan exactly versus I'm not a basketball person oh LeBron yes I know I like I like his wife Savannah so I know who LeBron is so as long as you don't say you like Space Jam the new one (laughs) then then we haven't got a problem no I haven't watched that but I really like Savannah and I like his daughter so that's why I know who LeBron is um but or who else I know like or Steph Curry is that a good analogy Steph Curry's a good one no he's not in in the same league shall we say but he's (laughs) he's a good player but when when do we start to say, could we ever say that LeBron was, is, you know, has overtaken, say, like a Michael Jordan? Is that even possible? I guess it depends on, I guess it depends on the metrics, I guess. I mean, like, for example, mm. um, all right, you take something like that, you take something like um, football right now, mm. for example. Uh, right now, um, the two greatest names in football are Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, right. and automatically, according I to go every to David single... Beckham, but you know that's for different reasons. Yeah, go. Oof. On. Oof. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to move on from that before people start throwing <laughs> stuff at you. Um, yeah, like for example, there are lots of people who saw football long before um, we, uh, those two came along, and they use different styles. Football footballers back in the days of uh, Pelé. Uh, George Best, um, Puskas, all those guys, Maradona. Football was different during those periods of time. Mm. Football was a different game. You, you know, people smoked <laughs> like ten packets a day, and then went onto the pitch and played. You know, nowadays footballers are a completely different animal than they were back then. You know, peak um, with all the sports sciences involved and stuff like that. You take something like that and use it in hip hop, right? Back in those days. Um, rappers, so nowadays you've got, for example, rappers can become rappers and become stars from SoundCloud. You know, they can become rappers and stars from doing songs in their in their home. You know, on their computer. You know, all the rest of these guys from the eighties, nineties, a lot of them started by you know doing stuff at parties and sending records out there at the back of the car, all those kinds of things. You know, and the culture has changed in general. Now, the thing is, the old school heads look at that and they think to themselves, yo. And the same thing you get with um, with any generation. Like, for example, how often, I'm sure your mom's done this, for example, your, your parents have done this, where it's like, what you're listening to isn't music. Yeah. You know? And it's that's music. Why, and that's <laughs> what I think I'm probably a bit more sensitive to the fact that 
we went through that whole thing of our parents saying that this isn't, you know, music. And now I don't want to be that person that are telling the next generation what they listen to is rubbish. I have different Mm -hmm. ears. So what I'm accustomed to, what they're accustomed to is different. So I think it's a bit dismissive to say, um, you know, it's not good music. And also, you know, when people talk about, oh, you can just, you know, it's easier to become a um, rapper these days. Mm-hmm. In a way, yes, because, um, you know, people can produce music at home, which is, yeah. you know, which is fantastic. And I think it, it opens it up to, like, people producing music in, like, different parts of the world and people being having mm-hmm. access to do so. But yeah. also the competition is so much more fierce because yeah. there is so Everybody much can more do it, yeah. Yeah, access. So to stand out, you really have to be, you know, something special to stand out, you have to be outstanding yeah so i think again i i don't like this thing of saying like you know the music of today like the artists it's so easy for them to to come up compared to back in the day because it's different the the game has changed so yeah. you know to do a football analogy now you have var and I so know what that stands for. And um <laughs> you, take a shot? you want to take a shot? Virtual assistant referee. Video, actually. But oh, bad. okay. <laughs> well, they should have used virtual. It makes more sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, the rules are different. Like the game has changed. So mm-hmm. I think it's hard. Like you said, the metrics is, is very different. Yeah. But let's but, be honest, though. Sorry, go uh, on. Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. Um, let's be honest. If hip hop, if, if the equipment, if the technology was around during the 90s, during the 80s, right. would we have the same feeling that we have to but the, was, you know, to I the think, current generation? I think it's so hard to compare because it was so new and innovative. And when you're at like the new end of anything, like a um, trend or a moment, it's it's hard to compare when we're like in it now. Like, so if you're thinking about like in the eighties, they they weren't even sure like what to call it, you know, and mm-hmm. how it's evolved. And if we think about when we were younger, because you know we are millennials, just about, and <laughs> some of the music <laughs> that we we were listening to in say like the early two thousands and stuff like that, the people that were older than us considered that music not authentic and mm-hmm. quite trash and stuff like that because yeah. it wasn't, you know, real hip hop, you know. I remember back in the day there was that real divide between like the more commercial and R and B type sounding and the street guys. Yeah. Didn't like do you know the street guys that wear like Parker jackets in subterranean. So yeah. yeah. There was a divide. <laughs> yeah, there was. I mean, like, for example, we had the divide, for example, when we had, this is the position that you're talking about. Um, after Biggie's death, we ended up with this era, the puffy era, the shiny suit era, mm. where he was just simply taking so many, <laughs> yeah, he's taking so many of those uh, 80s songs and just basically, you know, going. He you had know, the over. locks in shiny suits. Let's remember yeah, that did. moment. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. 
you know, and no. had them rapping over beats from this from the eighties that people felt were a bit too new, like you know, at that yes. time. They, yeah, so they were like, oh, but you know, we just heard this song like about seven, eight years ago, and already you're just taking. I know it was longer than that. It was like. I know there was some. Most, most of them were about ten years because this was nice. Yeah, ten years plus. About ten it's years. Like eighties okay. going into early two thousands. Yeah, and um, he was taking like songs like you know been around the world and all those type of songs, you know, mm. and just changing them slightly and then putting a rap on it, you know, putting a verse on it, and a lot of people were mad about that because they were like, "You're ripping off something that already existed." And though mm. hip hop has always sampled, hip hop has always sampled, but not blatantly been in the way it was. I mean, you know, um, what his biggest song was, um, um, "I'll be I'll be missing you," which was. Based, which was the song by the police. Um, yeah, but side note on that, he didn't get the sample cleared and um, Sting makes the most money from that song. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just going back to our original question. Own your masters, by the way, um, all artists out there. Own your masters. Yeah. Easier said than done. But is it time to retire the past great so that's our question so someone like a biggie who had a very limited career mm-hmm. should we put him to one side i don't think you can because of the influence of of them okay mm. um here's a th- by the way this always causes a bit of controversy with me i never rated tupac as a top 10 rapper of all time right. Do i think he's one of the top 10 i top five icons of hip-hop Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I think he's, inf- he's and is he one of you know, the top most influential rappers of all time? Again, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think he was all that. But do, lyrically, do I think he was? No, he he was very good at what he did. He he had a very good political mind in his mm-hmm. early albums. He you know he did a lot. He had many vulnerable songs. I think he was very versatile. But I can't say that there were many like lyric times when he said stuff lyrically that I thought to myself, Oh my God, that's brilliant. And I always gravitate to the lyrics, the, the, uh, the lyricists more than the actual rappers. So, sorry, no. so I'm just going to say, but do you think that's more of a discussion about like the metrics of like, how, we, how do you even, yeah, because that's the thing. It seems to, to me like, it. yeah, because it seems to me like when people just say the goats of hip hop, the problem is, it's like you can't put a newer rapper in the, in the goat conversation, and I think there's a problem with that. I yeah. think people need to be willing to accept that. Okay, um, the past of the past, and they should not never be forgotten in any way whatsoever. I'm not saying they should be forgotten, but we should be able to turn around and say this person's better than Park or this person's better than Big at some point. And okay. Um, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, that's pretty much that's how I see it. I think there should be there there should always be a time. Nobody can just stay on the top just because they're on top or they were on top during the uh, the heyday of hip hop. I don't think that that can be done. I don't think that should be done in any way. Should like the should the Michael Jacksons and the Aretha Franklins and stuff like that still get all of their due? For example, in their field of music, absolutely one hundred percent. But can we turn around and say from the newer generations of the last 30, 40 years, sorry, the last 30 years, has anybody come come up to their level? There are people, people have come close at the very least, and we should be willing to be able to say that. We should you be see, able to t- turn around and say that our heroes can actually 
be heroes, but not necessarily be the top five still all the time. So I think that's actually a good point to like even just talk about different music genres. So like we touched upon it like R&B or soul and music. I don't know if someone can push Whitney Houston off her, you know, throne. I don't know if someone could push Mariah Carey out of the the top ten list. I, I you say you know that's you know that you know that discussion still has to come, right? That whole top R and B women things we still need to yeah, do. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying because, like, I feel like this um, conversation about should some of the greats be like. I don't want to say park, but maybe put into a new category of like Hall of Famers to make yeah. way for the newer artists. Another I don't know. That, I don't so know, think th- anyone. You know has the whole thing about the whole goat thing. Like it Mariah seems like Carey. if you don't, you know, if you don't put them in that, I think there should be a separate category. You're right. I think there's like icons, legends, that, that status of hip hop. But when somebody says the greatest of all time, it's such a personal. Uh, you know it's such a it's such a personal answer mm. you know and i think when you like like you mentioned now if somebody says okay uh who were the greatest um vocalist female vocalist you ever heard you got to put the whitney's in you got to put the aretha franklin's in you got to put the Mariahs in but the thing is it's like if you if you take one of those out you get this sideways look from practically every person and be like how could you not put them in and it's like well, I just didn't like how they performed on certain songs. And it's just like, you know, the record scratch, like, <laughs> moment, like, oh my God, you don't know music. But I feel with the, with the R&B divas, I feel they, they have enough back catalogue to like That's hold true. their position. And which, get, which gets me to my next question. Do we have like the today's artists? Is it fair to have them competing with artists that have passed? Because it's almost like you're competing with a ghost. You can't, you can't win. Um, is is that is that a fair comparison? So someone like um, I don't know, like a, a Buster Rhymes. Mm-hmm. He has had such a long career, and when you've had a long career, you're gonna have like you know, dud records, like the same with mm-hmm. like someone like a LL Cool J, like there's going to be yeah. stuff that is, you know, not that great. Don't, but by say, the way, side, side note, everybody, do not bring up the song Phenomenon to Mo. I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> and I love LL Cool J. But say, for instance, like if LL Cool J's career ended, not for any kind of like sinister reason, but say his career, he retired after, I don't know, like the Mrs. Smith album. Mm-hmm. Does he then, you know, he's then got only got a few albums kind of like worth of work, which have all been really good. Does that now cement his position in like the top? Whereas he actually in reality went on to make like more music and some of the music, it wasn't great. So is it fair to compare him? Sorry, is it fair to compare him to maybe like an artist that's passed? Okay, um, let's be honest. When somebody um, passes away, we, um, especially an artist, we give them a level of reverence to them. Mm. I mean, uh, was it... Um, oh, God, what's his name? I don't um, know. I'm trying to remember the guy. Okay, but for example, um, take the LL Cool J thing that you're saying right there. LL Cool yeah. J made, I think, 10 albums more. No, is it 10 or 13? 11. Um, 10 or 11 albums more than Biggie made exactly you know 
but and one of them he called the greatest of all time but that's another discussion for someone else however with all that body of work should ll be above biggie a guy who made one classic album and one very good album if, even if it's a bit overrated okay. and you compare it to all the albums that um ll made now i know the whole quality quantity thing and biggie's impact was great for what was it, a four year period yes that he, you know you know so and to be honest he's also i don't think biggie outsold um ll if you use that metric that metric either mm. but i think if you're looking at it objectively you've got to put um ll above biggie in terms of the greatest of all time if you put that kind of category because he has much more of a long much more longevity over a period he started in what 86 was it 86 or 87 i think i remember no 85 so 85 and um lasted well i can't remember when his last album was but let's say he's he, he lasted about 2004 because i think that was the album what was the album the, the one with headsprung on it anyway the definition <laughs> oh God, thank you. another song that i hate <laughs> <laughs> the definition that was uh, that was that album and um, I think up to that point, I think he has such a big catalogue that you can't take him out of the conversation of being the greatest of all time. I mean, is it fair for us to give um, him that kind of thing? And then you got Tupac, for example, who released, I think, f- four albums while he was alive and has <laughs> more albums come out since he's yeah. passed than he actually did when he was alive. You know, is that fair? How, how do you feel about post- posthumous? Is that how you say posthumous it? Posthumous albums. albums. Yeah. So you, you mentioned like Tupac with majority of his work coming out after he had passed. Like, what do you mm-hmm. think? Okay. I hate posthumous albums. Oh, that's quite strong. Because in most cases, I mean, I think this is where I actually cannot stand the whole Park Tupac thing. Okay. This is the way mm. I can't stand the whole two-pack thing. So many of those albums were cut-and-paste jobs. So they weren't even really songs that he made, and especially when you got after 2000. So many of them were just cut-and-paste jobs. And that just infuriated me because it's not as the artist originally intended the song. His first album that he really... The first album that they released after he was gone... Um, Remember me, are you still down? I didn't mind that so much because that was his work, and they're just putting it like, okay, people really miss the guy. We're just going to put out some of the songs that he left off of his album, okay. But everything, practically everything after that, I couldn't stand because it just felt like they were milking it, just milking it because they knew people would buy it, okay. Um, oh my god, wasn't there a Drake, uh, Aaliyah um, album <clears throat> supposed I- to be? Um, I've kind oh of God, ignored yeah. that rumor, but yes, the rumor is. So according to wrapup.com, in addition to the big announcement of Aaliyah's music being added to streaming platforms, um, it has also been revealed that a new album is in the works featuring Drake, oh. featuring Chris Brown, and in my words, the trifecta of misogyny. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, it's like... I have very strong feelings about that, if that is true. Because that makes me very uncomfortable. 
but this is again one of the reasons why I don't like uh, posthumous albums because it's like, okay, I could see Aaliyah maybe working with working with Drake, but do I see mm. her working with Future and Chris Brown? No, not really. No, I don't see that at all. And it just feels like, would I mean, yes, okay, fine. Maybe they were inspired by her in certain ways. I don't think Future was, by the way. Maybe they were. Maybe they were <laughs> inspired by her in some way, right? Fine, okay. But do you really have to take her stuff and make an album out of it? You know, just it's not her album. Yes, you might be able to find some of her vocals and put it on it. But at the end of the day, it's again, it's a cut and paste job. You've taken some of her vocals, put it on something, and all of a sudden, it's like this is the new al- album by Aaliyah. No, it's not. Mm. You know, it's basically just taking a couple of things and redoing them. You know, it's uh, it's a Frankenstein album, in with all due respect. But that's just how I just see it. So um, also there's talks about, um, well, there was an album, Welcome to America by Prince. Uh, And Prince Prince was very, very, very Very protective of his music. That Mm -hmm. do not release my stuff (laughs) after Mm -hmm. I have passed. Um, But apparently they found unreleased material in his archives um, which was basically a pile of CDs. Um, mm-hmm. we literally just, they were just CDs with, um, track listings like marked with like a pen. Um, and they've decided mm-hmm. to release that material. So I understand why someone like an Anderson Pack has literally got it tattooed on <laughs> his body. Do yeah. not release a posthumous album. <laughs> I, yeah, I get no that. Posthumous albums. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Now that we're no longer talking about, no longer we're no longer buying CDs, as you know, um, as you probably know, we we talked earlier on about Donda, and um, nowadays we we had that conversation like off the pod. (laughs) Yes, I know we did, but you know, not everything we say is like on the pod. But you know, yeah, I'm just you know, just in case we feel like there was no Donda conversation. Yeah. can I just just actually just mention that um, we were actually going to review Donda and Certified Loverboy on the podcast and just be being fully transparent. I just couldn't get through either album. I just got <laughs> other things to do. <laughs> and I've listened to so many other podcasts that have done like in-depth reviews and really detailed. So do go and listen to those. There's some amazing content out there. I just couldn't do it so yeah so my apologies because I did tell Nathan to go and listen to both albums and I feel super bad <laughs> so yeah go on ask your question <laughs> at least you could have just like told me you could have told me that after I'd just done love, um, Certified Loverboy and not uh. when I started Donda for God's sake but anyway no I was saying that um, after listening to Donda and listening to one streaming uh, listening to it streaming do you think it's um, completely changed the way you listen to music I mean Granted, now with technology has gone so far from back in the day when we would actually go to record stores and buy stuff. And back when our price was around, yeah. that's aging myself, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're quite old, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Darn. Okay, so do you think it's changed now? Because, you know, for example, I struggle with the whole idea of streaming because beforehand I used to love the idea of going in, looking at the CD, reading the inner, the linear note, the inner notes and all those kinds of things. 
like how does has it affected you in any way does does it bother you are you a person that was uh, did you just like eh, it's just music like was i yeah. just be, am i just being just a, um overly i don't know ocd on the whole thing no never ocd um you know what this is actually a really good question and one that i'm actually interested in how you would answer it as well especially being a dj because i do wonder about like djs like what do they do during this time when DJs previously were buying like vinyl and like CDs. Um, I was a big CD buyer and I was a big buyer of albums. I liked buying albums. I like getting my little, my coins together. Um, even would sometimes splash out on an import album. And for the younger Ooh. listeners, that was when the album was only released in the States and you had to pay an additional charge. <laughs> in um, Virgin Megastore or HMV or our price mm -hmm. and the cost was ha a lot higher because they yep. imported those CDs from the States so yeah that was expensive but about five I pounds more. do like <laughs> yes it was pricey mm -hmm. you could pay for like two albums um, um, compared to an import album that's right but anyway we digress so I do like buying physical CDs. And I was thinking about it the other day. I haven't bought a CD for a while because I don't actually have anywhere to play my music. Because my laptop, I have a MacBook that has no CV CD drive. It doesn't even have a USB drive. Well, that's Whoa. a different thing. <laughs> um, but it doesn't have a CD drive. I don't have like a stereo or hi-fi <laughs> so i stopped and but then i thought i don't currently pay for any streaming platform i don't play for spotify or apple music so i was thinking you don't really own any of your music anymore because it's all on the streaming platforms and you pay like a monthly charge so do you have a music collection anymore so yeah, and okay. I miss the um, album artwork. Like I love looking at the album artwork. Absolutely. I love looking at the pictures. Mm -hmm. I love reading the lyrics. I love looking at the credits. Mm -hmm. That's when I worked out which artists write their own stuff as well. Um, it made me appreciate someone like Mariah Carey who would like write and produce her content. I don't know why I'm being a big Mariah Carey fan today, but she's amazing. But um, yeah, so... I miss buying CDs. I do, but I'm old, so yeah. How about you? Same question to yourself. Uh, I miss buying CDs. If I'm honest with you, mm -hmm. um, I, if I'm honest with myself, I haven't bought many CDs in the last five years. If I'm honest with you, and um, yeah, but the, the the thing about being a DJ, right, is that we end up with DJ pools and allows us to download like songs or in some cases albums once we have to pay, we do have to pay for them but right. it's allowed us to do that kind of thing so i do actually own the music so i say but i understand the, i understand what streaming does and makes it easier in some cases but i like i'm a tactile guy tactile guy i yeah, like to be like able to, to feel grab touch. it yeah touch i like it. to be able to touch yeah and Shake hey it. hold on hold on there manifa <laughs> For those of you who don't get that joke, she made a song I called Touch It. I not get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go on. Anyway, 
Yeah, but you know, I love the idea. Like, for example, I loved the idea of like, for example, Nas's first what three al- first four albums having like that, that similar background, but something in the you know, a picture of him at different points of his life. You know, right. I used to look forward to that kind yeah. of thing because it'd be like, oh, what's it? Well, I wonder what his uh, next album uh, cover is going to look like. You know, some people put themes in their albums. You know, in their album covers, in their album like. Um, actually, I can't use that one, but. There was like, for example, some like, for example, um, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style is 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 a cartoon. It's like it's, if you open up the linear notes, there's an actual cartoon going throughout the entire linear notes in between the credits of each song. Right. So, you know, something like that, something very innovative like that, is lost now because nobody looks at the album covers. We just simply download them, and I think that's that's a big shame. I think CDs should still be much more available than they are. Side note I should on going um, album covers. Um, I was going to say, you know, the Drake Certified Lover Boy album cover. Mm-hmm. What what it was done by um, the artist Damien Hurst. What do you think? It's uh, the pregnant yeah, women I, emojis. Yeah, I saw that. Um, it didn't have any effect on me <laughs> at all. Sorry, I saw it. Yeah. Um, I think I saw it on Wikipedia. Like, you know, because uh, um, <laughs> on, on the day that he released it, I just saw the, the thing for it and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't have any effect on me whatsoever. Uh, I didn't think about it. I was just like, oh, okay. But, you know, I do actually miss like the idea of going to like the record store, you know, being in there, digging through crates and finding this, a song that you hadn't found. And also back in those days, again, aging ourselves, when you released when singles were released, they used to have like these remixes done sometimes by artists you've never even heard of. Some some of them were producers just trying to get their break, right? And there were times you would listen to something. Like for example, that's where I first heard of uh, producers like D Influence, uh, who were from the UK. Because you uncut Father and Joe, like every single American artist released, they'd have like a CD, and the, the CD would have like three or four um, three or four remixes. And it was always won by some sort of UK producer, UK artist. And some of them were actually better than the original, mm. you know. But, you know, if you played that remix, most people wouldn't have known. It was like, oh, because they know the, only the um, the original song. And, you know, records record, record shops had a really good community around them. You know, that whole, uh, just the, the excitement of being able to go in there, see if you could find something that you'd missed or find a CD that... Um, you know, had had like a hidden gem on it, you know, uh, a remix, uh, instrumental, an acapella. All of those things were really, really good to like look through. But, you know, nowadays we're back at the, uh, on the desktop and uh, just finding instrumentals whenever we, wherever we can. The joy of it has gone. But again, that's probably just me griping as an old guy. <laughs> Have you seen that meme um, of um, from The Symptoms when it's like old man shouts at cloud? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think of that when I'm going on a bit of a rant. Um, I think it was a great point that you brought up about um, the community around like record shops because definitely um, I do miss that. And it also made me think about the community that was around um, Black-owned radio stations. Mm-hmm. So here in the UK, in London, we had um, Choice FM back in the day. Yeah. And... I found that it was my one-stop shop to find out what was big in all genres of um, black music. 
Um, they had like specialist DJs. It introduced me to new music. Um, I even knew what um, raves and clubs to go to because mm-hmm. of Choice FM. Like it was that influential. Um, what do you think? Do you think we're, we're missing platforms like that now? Um, and also like spaces like the, you know, you know, record shop kind of like gone. Like what do you think about that? I think um, there are still lots of like, okay, there was a period where pirate radio was huge. Yeah. Yeah, and basically black pirate radio stations. And uh, I think it was Itch FM back in the day that was like my go-to station for a while because it was just like, it would play like underground hip hop. It wasn't playing the oh, yeah, the commercial stuff that they won't even play the full song. They'll play like two uh, uh, two verses and then cut. Or even like, for example, if you had an R&B song that had a, had a rap in it back in the day, Capital FM would deliberately play the version that didn't have the rap in it. They just play the, uh, the, the, the they just play the song, and then immediately you get like an edit, and then it just goes in back into the chorus before the rap came on. And it used to annoy mm. the hell out of me in some songs because some songs were really the rap um, brought something to the song. Um, I think with the pi- number of pirate radios that are still on, because we still have things like on TuneIn on TuneIn Radio, because I used to DJ for. Um, for Vibe Radio, and by the way, there's so many Vibe Radios. <laughs> but I used to DJ for an internet yeah. one called Vibe Radio, and um, that was really good. And you know, it was basically based in the Midlands, but I'm not from the Midlands, as most people know. I'm actually from London, but I was broadcasting it from home here over there. And they would put in in um, adverts for, oh, we're going to have these concerts, we're going to have these shows, we're going to have to come into this club back then. The community is still around, but it's not in the sense. Again, this is a sidebar of um, of technology that we are, because of um, tune-in radio, because of internet radio. It's still there. It's just not as condensed as it was with with, with choice, because choice was like the one stop that everybody knew and everybody was listening to it. You know, and every well, every, every one of my um, class, they were like, "Oh my god, did you hear that new track on uh, on, on choice yesterday?" And like everyone's like, okay, uh, what was it called? Blah blah blah. And you actually had people who would record some shows on cassette tapes, and then bring them in because, mm. from those uh, specialist DJs. If you remember that, and that's pretty much how that's that's what introduced me to the whole DJ scene in the first place. You know, listening to those guys, and I think that has been lost. I just remember that drive going over. You know, when you're moving from North London to South London. And having mm. to change the frequency when you're in the car. Oh yeah, and that's right. <laughs> and do you remember I had um, that Mazda Javelin? You was in that car with me one time, wasn't you? As in that you've driven with me in that car, in my Mazda. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe not actually. Definitely in the Honda Civic, but it uh, was no, it was one of the manual dials that you had to like turn <laughs> to adjust yep. <laughs> to get to the station. Mm-hmm. Because um, yep. I remember it's only when I got um, a, a more recent car that actually had like a proper like digital radio in my car, but having to turn the dials to pick up the right frequency. See, you know, oh, you you remember know the kids, ones... they, they miss out on all of that. Yeah, when you had to like preset your station like, <laughs> and hold it there. Yeah, it was it was all part of it. One thing I would say is because um, of the digital age, um, 
it does make access a bit easier because you don't have to be leaning out your window with a you know coat hanger trying to catch <laughs> the pirate radio stations um and uh, and i really loved that whole thing of like you'll be listening to a station it gets shut down then you're going mm-hmm. through the you're going through the frequency then you find them yep. again on another you frequency those, yep. that was always All of those pirate so stations, exciting no no you go <laughs> i was gonna say like for example we actually had like aerials in the car back in those days yeah and they, you actually like sometimes pull them up from the bo- depending on which car you had it was <laughs> either on the bonnet on the roof <laughs> And that, and that thing was and so how important. vexed you was when someone snapped off your aerial oh my god yeah the amount of people would snap those things off as well or, or what's it called or you took it to a car wash or one of the automated car washes and it broke off from the uh the thing the rollers would oh, break you, it off you was fancy going to car washes no i wash my car at home but anyway, one thing I would say is there are newer platforms. So have you heard of the um, digital radio station No Signal? No, I haven't. So they, I became like really aware of them like during the pandemic um, because they were doing this um, um, No Signal, like, you know, almost like a versus, so NS10 V10. Um, mm-hmm. And they had like different kind of like, almost kind of like battles similar to versus. So they go like song for song. Um, mm-hmm. It took over the whole of Twitter when, oh gosh, I think they did WizKid versus, I can't even remember who it was, but WizKid FC came out in droves and was like voting for all of WizKid songs online. So that was really good. But I do think that there are like places, but I think maybe we have to admit that as old heads, we need to put in a bit more effort to find these like new places to kind of like find community and discover music agreed agreed uh, since we were talking about like uh, radios and radio shows and all that kind of stuff uh i gotta ask a question and it's a controversial one right go for it have you heard about cheryl cole i mean the concept of cheryl cole <laughs> <laughs> okay apparently i came across this on twitter cheryl cole mm. is started an r&b podcast for bbc i mean i did see something like that <laughs> uh, who, who, who oh should go first me or you <laughs> <laughs> should i go first go ahead it's gonna so. be just a lot of groaning from me <laughs> Okay. Um, here's the thing. With this, because it's funny because someone tweeted um, a few weeks ago um, about, you know, Justin Bieber was on the WizKids um, song Essence remix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone tweeted about um, that saying, you know, do we need to be gatekeeping Afrobeats? Mm-hmm. And I quote tweeted that and I said, yes. And the reason being is because, you know, predominantly black genres, they do, there is a history of them being overtaken and the history being rewritten. So if we talk about the blues, um, jazz music, rock and roll, these things are all of a sudden very considered very white genres when actually their origins 
are with black people. So yep. Cheryl Cole, in essence, doing an R&B podcast in isolation, it doesn't matter or it shouldn't bother us. But, 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 we're in this world where these um, mainstream media platforms are saying, we're trying to be inclusive. We want to include you guys. This was a great opportunity to just have this done by somebody else. And when I say somebody else, there are so many other people. Let's name some. Trevor Nelson, um, okay, Beverly yep. Knight, Alexandra Burke. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? <laughs> who else? Whoever's free. Ace, who's DJ on, <laughs> on BBC free, Radio. You know? Like, mm-hmm. there's so many people. Like, you know, Nadia J. Like, I'm literally, they're just coming into my head. There's so mm-hmm. many people that would have been fantastic. And you know what? I'm not even going to limit it to even black people. I'll throw in a Jesse J. I don't mind. But someone that's connected to the music, someone that's about the music, and also someone that doesn't have, you know, a criminal record for um, beating up a black woman. Yep. Can I ask you a question? What do you think of the Justin Bieber remix? Well, I don't know if you can call it Justin Bieber remix. Justin Bieber beat on the remix with Whiskey. Justin and Bieber Thames. has done this how many times now? He, wasn't he on... Um... Oh, what was it? It was in one of the Jay. Um, was it Jay um, Bavin songs? He, he he says this thing where he's like all of a sudden just appeared on like what was it? He did uh, Despacito remix, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, that song bangs though. But go on. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> does it need to be him? Did it need to be him? How much does yeah. he bring to that song? Yeah. You know, um. I don't see the point of him being on it, frankly. It's still a great song without him. So why is he particularly on it? That's the thing I don't get. But then again, because of how mainstream um, Afrobeats has become recently, you've seen a whole bunch of um, artists jump on it. I mean, you know, it wasn't long ago when Drake was talking about how he brought <laughs> Afrobeats up. Drake. <laughs> yeah. Bro- said that he was, uh, was it? He was the biggest promoter of Afrobeats in... Uh, well, how many years ago was that? That wasn't long ago, anyway. But I remember when to he was going fair, off on that. To be fair, just to just was to it during the one dance there, period? I f- I feel like um Drake mm-hmm. was slightly misquoted there, but um yeah, but go go ahead. Not that I'm a Drake like. No, defender. but my point is that it's become yeah, but it's become mainstream enough, so I shouldn't be surprised that Justin Bieber is on it. But the thing is, I don't see what he brings to the table with um to it, you know. Like, yeah, that's that's my issue with it. It just feels like it's another attempt for okay. So yeah, we know that he's a big star. Blah blah blah. Let's play him on and see if we can get like some of his fans to buy the record. You know, but that's all it seems to me, and I can't be mad at that fact because you know it's something that happens all the time in um, in music. It's happened throughout history, but I can't say that I'm particularly happy about it mm. from that see- from that perspective. I think the Cheryl Cole thing and the Justin thing are actually separate things. The Cheryl Cole thing, I don't like it. The Justin Bieber situation, at first I was very kind of anti, but now I've moved into, I get it. You know what? I, I, I think I get it. Like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, like, awful. But one thing, um, I was listening to, I think, another podcast or radio, 
I was thinking the remix wasn't for me. I'm already mm-hmm. a Wizkid fan. I'm yep. already a consumer of his music. I'm already a fan of Thames as well. This was to bring the song to a new audience and no one can deny. I think Justin Bieber at one point was the most streamed artist on like Spotify. He's a huge global artist. So mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it. So let's end the discussion on a good note. <laughs> Who are your current and new school artists that you're currently rating? Okay, and this is something controversial because I just complained about uh, flipping, didn't I? But uh, okay, so I came across an, an artist named Erica Banks, um, and she's a rapper. I've been she basically flipped um, "Hot in Here" by Nelly. But I was impressed by her lyricism. And at a time, for me personally, earlier on we had a little discussion about um, the presence of female MCs in hip-hop and, um, you know, them not getting seeming to get as much shine as the guys by comparison when you talk about goat stars. Um, I was pretty impressed with Erica Banks' first time listening to her, of that song, uh, which I can't say for some other artists that, um, I've, um, artists that have come up recently. Uh, um, looking at that, I think that she does have, and, and again, the problem is with um, female hip hop, especially in the last decade or so, it's been one or two dominant people in it. And I think personally, after listening to that track and a couple of little like um, freestyles and stuff like that, I do actually think she has the potential to be a star. It's going to take a bit of work to uh, stand out from the crowd to the point. But I think she has what it takes, personally. Okay. And for me, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. It's a new artist that I discovered because of the Instagram algorithm, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which actually is starting to work for me. Um, And that is Kat Burns. She's a UK artist. And her most recent single is Into You. And the reason why she kind of like came up on my suggested feed is I actually saw like some of the covers that she was doing. So she okay. just does like acoustic like versions of like some really nice like soul um hits. Um so yeah, so and I'll insert some music to share with you guys. Nathan, we've come to the section I like to call highlight of the week. So is there anything that you want to bring a spotlight to or to share with the listeners? Um, okay. I'm going to, but my highlight of the week is I listened to Lil Sim's album. Oh. Okay. You know who she is? Yes, I do. <laughs> just making sure. Did you just I making mean, sure? I have a, <laughs> I have access to the internet. Okay, calm down. That, that, <laughs> that's that's yeah, never meant anything, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, that's just how it is in in life. Um, <laughs> I got to listen to her album. Um, sometimes I might be introvert, and which is an acronym guess, of her name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying it is. I I thought that was quite clever. Yeah, give credit where credit is due. But, you know, to be honest, hip-hop and acronyms have always been around. Let's be honest. But, okay. Um, 
I listened to the album and I thought it was great. I think it's, in my opinion, one of the best um, albums from a, from a UK artist um, that I've ever heard, in my opinion. Um, and this is from somebody who, you know, liked her but wasn't too impressed with her earlier stuff. But I think she's grown so much as an artist in the last couple of years, and I can only give it praise, to be honest with you. I would recommend anybody listen to it, you know. Um, if you're an international listener, don't be put off by the by the accent. She is really good. And um, to be honest with you, she's actually been getting some shine, even from um, some of like the American um, lot who've been listening. Like I saw some of it being promoted on uh, some American uh, group chats in there. So my advice, take, take a listen to it. I think you'll pretty much enjoy it. So we've come to the end of the podcast. Um, so Nathan, where can people find you if you want them to find you? Um, okay. As always, um, I'm actually on Twitter a little bit more often, um, often than I used to be. I see. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> I try and hide most of the time. <laughs> I get into stupid conversations over nothing. But um, yeah, I'm on. Um, I'm on Twitter as DJ Impulse V1. I'm also on Mixcloud under DJ Impulse Version One. Uh, you can find my um, Forgotten Gem series on there, which I will be adding to very soon because. I've actually made a couple of lists of songs that I want want to do. And that's pretty much where you can find me nowadays. Uh, I'm not doing anything crazy, thank God. So just also, don't forget you, you did the Forgotten Gems like blog on um Color Out the oh, yes, website. I did actually do um I did, did a nice little article, you know, at, at prompting, you know, and I get gotta <laughs> give uh most some credit for having faith in me to to do it. So thank you very much for that. And yeah, so I put in a little Forgotten Gems uh, article, just speaking about some of the things we did during lockdown and listening to some, rediscovering some songs that I hadn't listened to in a long time. And, you know, getting them out to recommend to all of you. So if you get the opportunity, take a look at it. It's on the Colour um, Out the Box blog. Yes. And thank you very much for that, uh, for reading it. And if you've got any feedback, please send it to Mo. So, you know, she can <laughs> give it to me, you know, in the usual how do I say? Tact. It was a very tact way that she has, you know, because she has a lot of tact to the way she tells people her opinions. So. Mm, I'm feeling a bit, that's a bit passive aggressive. So we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as always, you can join the conversation. Hashtag color out the box. Tell us what you think. Are we, are we um, too protective over our so-called like old music? Should we be introducing or allowing space for more of the new generation artists? Like, what do you think? And who are your shout-outs for who you're listening to right now? I'd love to. I'd love to discover some new music. So just at Color Out the Box on Instagram or Twitter, and also follow us on Facebook. And as I mentioned in my bonus episode, and please make sure you've listened to that um, where I explained the hiatus and why I took a break. I'm at a thousand followers on, well, over a thousand followers on Instagram. 
yay and i want to mark the occasion celebrity <laughs> i want to mark the occasion by doing a giveaway so make sure you're following um color out the box on instagram it's going to be coming in the next few weeks in terms of what the giveaway is and i hope to be able to do something quite cool um for one of my lucky listeners um so yeah so thank you to everyone that has come back to the podcast after my break um also i just wanted to say it's just been really nice to have some of the really lovely messages publicly and privately that people have sent to me um it's easy for me to forget that people actually do listen to this podcast because you kind of just feel like you're talking in a vacuum by yourself so i just wanted to say thank you to everyone so yeah so um nathan Until next time. Bye. Until next time. Okay, we're done.